Hello there. Welcome to the Christ Covenant Sermon Talkback. The Sermon Talkback is a chance for pastors and members of Christ Covenant to process the sermon, ask questions to the preacher, and more practically apply the content of the sermon. If you have a question for the Sermon Talkback, please text it to the Text to Pastor line at 678 951 9041, or you can ask through Twitter by tweeting to Jason directly at Jason Edwin Dees. Enjoy. All right. Well, we continue our womanhood series, and today we have a woman among us, Tara Thompson, hmm. but we also have, it's not just Tara here, guys. I know everybody's, that your excitement meter is already almost maxed out with just Tara, <laughs> but hold on. There's more. I've got Graham Thompson. What? Tara's faithful and amazing husband. Welcome back. Thanks, man. Welcome back. It's the fam cast. And you know what? We've got more than just Graham Thompson. What? David Thompson is here, too. <laughs> so, David, you want to say something? Uh, David's. <laughs> hey, he, guys. That's <laughs> <laughs> oh, that nice. He's, he's, good. he's good. He is drinking a little bottle. Man, what a good looking baby. That's probably the best looking baby I've seen <laughs> in a long time. I, I think so. Yeah. I have a biased opinion, though. It's a good looking child. And then, you know, to round it out, to round it out. We got your favorite podcaster in mind, Blake Rogers. It's good to be back. Yes. Um, so we continued the Womanhood series yesterday. We talked about beauty. There was actually you know a couple of questions about that. Do we really talk about beauty? Um, you know, obviously, I would say that we did. We talked about an imperishable kind of beauty, the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit. And I love this verse. I love how it says the end, the end of verse four, which says, "Which in God's sight." is very precious mm-hmm. like don't don't you want to have qualities about you that in god's sight are very precious mm-hmm. um so again i hope you listen to the sermon i just want to jump right in uh and start talking about it um and so tara mm-hmm. you're gonna lead us off right yeah yeah i remember listening to the sermon and thinking about the verse that talks about having a gentle and quiet spirit just like you said and um how I think it can be misunderstood as you need to have a gentle and quiet personality. Yeah, that's good. And I know that I do not have a gentle and quiet personality when I'm hanging out with my friends and, you know, I'm having a good time. But I I don't think it actually does have anything to do with personality because it's talking about submission in the home for women and in the church. Um, So... I just think it's interesting to point out that it doesn't mean that you can't be a fun woman. You can't have fr- fun with your friends and, you know, make jokes because that would not be gentle and quiet personality, but that's not what it means. Well, so yeah, I, yesterday, and for those of y'all that, that streamed online, and I, I would just encourage you to go back and listen to the podcast right? because there was a part in the online streaming that stopped. And actually, I, I, I talked to Shannon about this. She kind of marked... It, it basically it skipped from verse four um, where it, it basically skipped from verse three where I saying, don't let your adorning be external, the braiding of hair, the putting on of gold jewelry, the clothing that you wear. And then I talked about that, mm-hmm. like the, the allure of external adornment. Um, and, you know, basically I said, you know, this, this passage is obviously there's some contextual things here. It's not wrong for women to braid their hair. It's not wrong for women to wear gold. Um, and I don't even think Peter is 
prohibiting these things. I don't think Peter is saying like, you know, don't braid your hair, don't wear gold. I think what he's saying is don't let your identity come from your external adornment, right? right. I mean, these are the kinds of things that will get attention. So, you know. It's like, what's the principle? It's in the, not- yeah, exactly. In the first century, if, you, if you're a woman, you braided your hair, everybody's going to be like, man, that, that girl. But now <laughs> it's different, right? Women adorn themselves differently. So I actually wrote a modern day translation of this. Don't let your adorning be external. Don't find your value in the things that people can see. The company you work for, the car you drive, mm. the school your children attend, you know, your wardrobe may still be one of them, your Instagram story, right? So mm. I think people are presenting themselves now externally through these things. Um, and I think what Peter's really saying is here, yeah, you may gain influence, you may give followers or whatever through those things. But really what's going to give you influence and really what is imperishably beauty is this gentle and quiet spirit. Now then, what is gentle and quiet spirit? As you said, I I think the way you say that is good. A gentle and quiet spirit is different from a gentle and quiet personality. Yeah, it kind of comes down to how you take authority where you need to be submitting at home or at church. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mentioned I mentioned Paige and, you know, for those of y'all that know Paige, I know everybody doesn't know Paige. Like Paige doesn't have a gentle and quiet personality. She's a leader. She's very vocal. She's a go-getter. But she does have a very gentle and quiet spirit. And so I defined it in a few ways. Uh, A gentle and quiet spirit is at peace and not frantic. I do think it's related to fear, too, Mm -hmm. at the end. He talks about not being fearful. Um, So, again, it's a gentle and quiet spirit. It's at peace and not frantic. You're not always frantic. You're not always... When, when something happens that, you know, that you don't like, just think about this. I, I think the Instagram thing is a, a good way to think about it, right? If you're finding your identity in Instagram and you accidentally post something that's not, um, that doesn't present you in a positive yeah. light, you're frantically trying to deliver it, to get rid of it, right? <laughs> because your, your trust is in your external adornment. But in, in a gentle and quiet spirit you're not frantic because you're at peace. So you're peaceful and not frantic. You're respectful and not manipulative, right? And so you're not always, uh, I was thinking about this this week. I had a situation where something that happened to a friend of mine and another friend of mine, you know, basically like you could just tell they were like looking at this situation. It was totally about the other person through like their own lens. Mm -hmm. Like this story about the other person became about them. And I was like, man, like people, when you're, when you're only thinking about your external adornment, everything's about you. You're always Mm -hmm. a star of the show. You're not honorable or respectful to other people. That's not a gentle and quiet spirit. So they're always manipulating things to kind of put them in the center of the story, Mm -hmm. not a gentle and quiet spirit. A gentle and quiet spirit is humble and not needing continual praise of others, right? Um, and, you know, it's good. I mean, and again, it's good. To, I mean, everybody loves hearing, hey, Graham, you're doing a great job. Everybody loves hearing a little affirmation. But some people kind of just live off of affirmation. They're mm-hmm. always doing something yeah. that, you know, where people can, you know, say something kind to them or like their status or whatever. Um, that's not a gentle and quiet spirit. And then lastly, a gentle and quiet spirit is courageous and not fearful, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's it's a courageous spirit. It's it's thinking 
it's not always thinking about what it has to lose in a situation. It's thinking about obedience. It's thinking about honor the Lord. Um, and so, yeah, that, that, and those are the things that, uh, that really God loves. I was reading, uh, Eugene Peterson's book, uh, a long obedience in the same direction this morning. And, um, there's a part in there where he talks about how much confidence a Christian has because we know that our soul is cared for by God. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the kind of gentle and quiet spirit that, that Peter is, is getting at here. So mm-hmm. yeah. I think that got, I think that whole part got cut out of the yeah, sermon yesterday, unfortunately. unfortunately, but hopefully that brings some clarity. So go back and listen to the podcast, listen to the, the podcast. Thing. Listen to the podcast. You know what? I pretty much went over it here. So <laughs> now you're done. You're done. <laughs> And, and isn't that what, you know, Peter's going on to explain here in verse five, for this is how holy women who hoped in God, mm-hmm. like the, the reason mm-hmm. you can not be fearful is because your hope is in God. Yeah, yeah. You, that's you, good. You have a deep trust, hope in, in yeah. who he is. Therefore, you don't feel as if you've got a vie for right. attention externally. Your hope is in God. Yeah, when you were preaching yesterday and I was reflecting on the sermon this morning, I was thinking about when I got hit by another car at like 5 a.m., 6 a.m. last year, I think in the last year. And I was basically, I wasn't on my phone, was parked behind the line, red light, car comes over, taking a left-hand turn and basically creams into the front of my vehicle. Well, there's no cameras, and so when the police came, he was claiming that I had actually run into him in the middle of the intersection. And by the grace of God, I was actually surprisingly really calm. I mean, you'd think like if someone were, was, was blatantly lying and you were in a situation where your car had just been kind of destroyed a little bit, uh, I, I would probably typically be really frustrated. But for whatever reason, I, like I knew what was true, what was right, what happened, even though there was no evidence. And uh, I remember being just extremely calm with the police officer. But the interesting thing was the other gentleman was very... Uh, externally he was not gentle and quiet no <laughs> he was putting on a show he was putting on yeah, yeah. and and i and I, I could have done a lot of different things and i probably would have i really do attribute this to the grace of god because i i was just calm uh and i and i, I think it's because i had confidence in what was true and what was right and what the situation was and, and in a similar sense like i think in the chaos of the world I think what we're called to do and be is be gentle, be calm, be quiet, knowing what is right and true in light of everything that is false. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, I'm glad you said that, Graham, because this command of a gentle and quiet spirit that's pleasing in the eyes of God, Mm. it's not just pleasing when women have a gentle Mm -hmm. and quiet spirit. It it really is a command to all of us. Mm -hmm. But but in this particular case— because it's talking particularly to wives and, and, and how they're kind of gaining influence over an unbelieving husband. What it's saying is your temptation mm-hmm. is going to be external. It's external adornment, presenting yourself well, that's how you're going to gain influence. And I think that this may be the, I think men and women both um, struggle with external adornment. I want to talk about that actually a little bit. It may be a little more of a temptation for women than men. I'm not, you know, I just think, you know, women obviously think more about presenting themselves uh, than men. Men, men often think, try to gain influence in other ways. Um, but anyway, but neither here nor there, really what it's saying is the the way really to, to gain true influence. And I think really to, to win the heart of your husband to the women is to say, look, just, just be beautiful in the sight of God, have the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit. And, 
eventually that will convict your believing husband. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good. Yeah. I was going to say, um, with that, isn't it interesting? And you brought this up yesterday. If a gentle and quiet spirit is that which is beautiful to God, pleasing to the Lord, why is it that young men, even Christian men, try to find themselves this Christian Barbie doll kind of mm. idea that you mentioned yesterday? Well, I think, I mean, look, I mean, let's just be honest, like men like pretty girls. I mean, so, I mean, I think that there is, um, you know, just a physiological attraction thing. But I think more than that, and I talked about this yesterday, I think more than that, I think men, there's really two things. Here's the one I talked about yesterday. Men want to have the the hottest girl, right? It's like a little bit of a competition. You know, I did this like trip this weekend with a bunch of guys, very competitive guys. You know what, you know what the whole, what happened the whole weekend? Competition. Everything's competition. Everything's, you know, this, that, I mean, literally like everything, like, you know, did you win? (laughs) <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm like for these guys. I mean, a lot of the guys that these, they, they golf all the time. They like hunt all the time. I just can't keep up with it. I'm just okay, there. Okay. I'm having fun. I, I try to, right. I try to stay back, but I'm still, I'm enjoying the competition. You just had a gentle and quiet spirit. I was trying <laughs> to have a gentle and quiet spirit. <laughs> you know, just, yeah. The Lord has given me a gentle and quiet spirit through my inability. There you <laughs> oh, go. Yeah. 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 Okay. So anyway, uh, I, uh, but yeah, I'm still enjoying it, but yeah, I mean, it's just like, Hey, who can throw this rock farther? Who can do that? I mean, it's just like everything, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. And so I think that that applies to, to girls. And so there's part of this, like, okay, she's the hottest girl in the room. I want it. She's the one I want. And, and we don't think she's the most godly girl in the room. You know, that's the one that I need to be with. And also I think because we are such a outward adornment kind of an outward attractional thing. Men are like trying to find a woman who is externally so beautiful that her beauty won't perish. Right. Yeah. I'll always be happy with her. Uh, you know, I'll never like grow yeah. tired of her or whatever, but, but here's the deal. And I think this is really the point of this passage. External beauty is always perishable. Internal beauty is imperishable. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really what Peter's trying to say here. And so for you young guys out there, uh, single guys in particular, um, heed this, hear this. Wh- what is really attractive in the eyes of God? And then if you if you don't find attractive for yourself what God finds attractive, you know, you're or, or can you can you outdo God here? Can you outdo God in terms of finding something that's mm-hmm. good for you and that's going to be pleasing to you? Uh, and it, 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 again, it's about trusting the Lord. And again, I'm not asking any man to be with a woman that he's not attracted to, you know, we're not talking about like not being attracted to a woman here. We're talking about these like mental games that I think hold a lot of guys up of a, having a trophy wife or B finding someone that's so perfect, uh, which first of all, that person is not out there. Right. No. And the imperfections actually, you know, are a lot of times like the things that you end up loving kind of most, uh, you know, about yeah. your spouse. And it's a good thing that perfect girl's not out there because if she was, she's not interested in you. That's yeah. right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Because yeah. you've got, you're loaded with imperfections. That's right. Absolutely loaded. Um, I don't know. It worked out for me, Blake. <laughs> well, Ooh. 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 Oh, okay. All right. The Dan's. Yeah. All right. Points. So, um, y- y- for the guys out there, I, I'm concerned, you know, that a lot of our Christian men just have their 
appetite set on wrong things. And so like, just to talk a little bit about how do you adjust your appetite? You know, I, I, um, do this often. I feel like I'll go through habits where like I'm eating poorly and I check myself. I know like this is not a good road to go down. Mm -hmm. I know like Joella's hot chicken Mm. would be amazing (laughs) to have every day for lunch, but I know that I cannot do that because I want to live longer than 50 years old. Heart stops working eventually. (laughs) So what do I have to do? Well, I have to change my appetite. I have to discipline myself to love the things that are actually good for me. And the only way to do that is by rejecting this temptation towards an appetite that would fill myself with bad things. Mm. And I want to submit to you, the only way to change your appetite as to what you will look for in the world in a spouse, speaking to guys here, is to read God's word. Be filled with the word and what God has to say mm-hmm. about what is beautiful. Because I'm telling you, the culture is screaming at you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That external adornment is what you should chase. So I, I think there's like a repentance and faith. So like, I think that'll build the faith. That'll build the trust. You'll trust God more for what is beautiful if you cover yourself in God's word. And, and God's word, will, but God's word will also lead you to repentance, right? Mm-hmm. And so actually we had a really interesting question that's kind of related to this external adornment. It, this is obviously talking about external adornment among women, but what about men and their external adornment? And a lot of guys are consumed with looking good, dressing nice, driving the right car, working for the right company, having a career that's going to mm-hmm. impress, yeah. um, you know, be, you know, taking the cool trip or whatever (laughs) that like they want to tell the girl about. And so uh, I want to just say to you guys too, like all of that is external adornment. Mm -hmm. And and again, it's not fun. It's not wrong to like have a good job that you like or go on a fun trip. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, is if that's your identity, if that's what you're pursuing, if that's the thing that you're going to hold out and say, girls like me because I have a nice car, then you are not loving Mm-hmm. what God says is imperishably beautiful. So I want you to feel some repentance. And then what are some places that they can go, Blake, where they can not only, they, they need to feel repentance from the world, but they also need to like start tuning their heart toward the beauty of God. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean, I think, where do you go for that? I think Proverbs 31, in terms of like looking for what a, um, a godly woman looks like, um, I think Proverbs 31 is, is one of the quintessential passages for that. Um, obviously, that girl, you know, that, that proverb goes, goes on to describe traits about her. But the most important thing about her is that her hope is in God. And mm-hmm. so, like, just a godliness is, um, is certainly, the you know, what that will lead you to. You will become attracted to that which is godly by having your mind, your heart refined by mm-hmm. uh, God's word. To your point earlier, Paul Hearn, I was going to mention this. He always says, like, you know, if the external adorning with the braiding of hair and gold and fountain jewelry, all that kind of stuff, is like the temptation of women, the men, they want to prove themselves on the bench press, the boardroom, and the bedroom. Yeah, Like, that's, that's like, the three mm-hmm. categories of, like, where we as men like to put on our external mm-hmm. adorning, whatever yeah, it is. Yeah, and, and, and again, it's it's still external adorning, yeah, right? right. I'm, I don't, I'm not worried about a bunch of guys in our church braiding their hair. And I'm not even worried about a bunch of girls in our church braiding their hair and thinking like, "Ooh, look at me now." Right. I know that's not really the style. Um, I mean, it's okay to braid your hair, but like, girls don't like braid their hair and go out on the town. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's not really the thing. But but so again, these these are just 
these are just kind of contextual examples Paul's giving, but what what are the examples of external adornment now? And again, as you said, Blake, there there are a lot out there for men that are very true, um, just as it is for women. And, and again, imperishable beauty cuts both ways. So mm-hmm. we 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 also had another question too um, that that came in about we talked about personality and. Um, and personality, but yeah, I just want to make sure, oh, and we talked about that too. Um, so I guess we've, I guess we've covered basically all the questions. Any mm-hmm. other thoughts you have, Tara or Graham or Blake? Um, I guess just the added reflection about submissiveness. Graham and I were talking about this at family worship last week and how women have such a hard taking that sometimes and they see it as oppressive, but I thought Graham kind of gave good light to this and our group thought it was helpful too um it's easy to be submissive when you trust what that leader has to say so I can easily have a gentle and quiet spirit when I feel like I can be quiet when things are coming up I can trust that Graham is considering me and considering the Lord above all else and because of that I have a gentle and quiet spirit so um the better job the man, whether that's the pastor or the husband, does of leading and trusting the Lord and considering me, then the easier job I have of being yeah. gentle and quiet. Yeah, there's uh, there's some par- parallels here with a gentle and quiet spirit. And, you know, in the last passage uh, or the passage last week um, about, you know, being quiet when you're learning and not exercise authority and be quiet during the teaching, all that kind of stuff. And it can come across extremely, and I know this is last week's passage, but it's somewhat similar. Um, it can come across kind of um, insulting of sorts. Um, and something that we were talking through was, you know, if because men and women's roles are complementary in this sense, um, how much more effort does a man have to exert in order for a woman to feel confident in remaining quiet? Mm-hmm. I mean, right. imagine sitting in, in quietness. You have to be really like confident and, and trusting of your pastor who is leading or. And so obviously, like that is a command to uh, women in the church in that passage. Here's the command to um, wives. Um, but I do think there is a, a, a great weight on husbands think, yeah. and pastors to lead, teach, exercise authority in such a way that women can trust them and. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really, really good point. It's like the strength of the woman actually will like increase the strength of the man. And that's, and that's what I think so powerful Mm -hmm. about this. Like in no, nowhere does the Bible like encourage women to be weak or whatever. It's saying, let your husband lead. But if there's like a really, really strong woman, if you're leading a really, really strong woman, uh, and you're really pursuing the Lord and you're mm-hmm. really pursuing a gentle and quiet spirit and you're really pursuing faith in God, then that, the kind of pressure that will put on a, a guy is incredible. Mm-hmm. You know, I think about this in terms of like, um, you know, I'm teaching this little class right now at RTS, right? And it's, it's semi-stressful for me because there's so many really smart guys in the class, right? And so I'm the teacher. Mm-hmm. They have to look up to me. And so I'm like, oh my God, I have to really know this subject material because 
I'm supposed to lead them. Right. Mm-hmm. Whereas like if I showed up and like they weren't taking the class seriously and they weren't that smart, I'd be like, meh, whatever. And so I think like what you're saying is like wives hear this, like you want a strong husband. You can actually put pressure on him to be stronger by pursuing the Lord mm-hmm. and by finding like these women of old, like by honoring him um, but and submitting to him, but by you yourself putting faith in God, that's actually going to kind of create the fire that's going to to make him want to mm-hmm. pursue the Lord and be a stronger man himself. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously this passage, I mean, in verse one, likewise, wives be subject to your own husband. Obviously, like Peter is addressing wives here. But I think there's a lot that single women can learn from this passage, things that we've been talking about, no doubt. Um, but one of the things that could cause you to buck against, you know, how this sermon maybe preaches is if you perceive that your greatest need in the world is a spouse that your greatest need in the world is to gain significance by someone right. ascribing significance to you through a relationship. That's great, again, external adornment. It's external you know? adornment. You know, you're made the, all, all single ladies out there. I know we've talked about the guys, but like the single ladies out there, your um, value is really intrinsic to you because you are an image bearer. Yeah. And um, to dress yourself up with the things that the world offers is to undervalue what it means that you are an image bearer. Mm. That you, within this gentle and quiet spirit, you are actually displaying the kind of virtue that you see in the Trinity when Jesus comes. And sure, Jesus at times, he went on the offensive, right? Against uh, sickness, against uh, the money changers. Like he, he went on the offensive. But by and large, what did he do? He submitted to the father's will at every, at yeah, every and, turn. And, and it's actually like, I feel like, and particularly Paul does this in first Corinthians. He kind of doubles down on that. Not, you're not just an image bidder. You're also a Christian. I mean, if you're a Christian and so you, you've been bought with a price. And yeah. so don't be joined with an unbeliever. Don't, don't be joined with someone. Uh, your body is a temple. You're, you're, you know, and so I just want to say to the, to the women, like, um, to, I, I love it. I'm just echoing your point, Blake, but I want to double down on it. Like mm-hmm. you're not just an image bearer. You're a child of God mm-hmm. in Christ and don't join yourself with someone that can't lead you. Like if, if you do, if you are, you are buying into a cultural narrative of value mm-hmm. that is not God's narrative of value. And so I, I just can't, there's no other way to say that. I mean, mm-hmm. I can't, there's no other way around that. And I understand you could be like, well, I'm lonely and, you know, there's no good guys out there. I mean, there's a lot of things to say. Right. And I get those. And I don't, I'm not trying mm-hmm. to be, my heart is full of compassion here because mm-hmm. it's, you know, singleness can be tricky. But, um, but realize that you've been bought with a price by God. Like, like yeah. realize who you are now in Christ. Um, and don't yeah. be defined by an external narrative. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, and external narratives alone actually end up working against you. Um, you know, I think it's A.W. A. Tozer. He, he says this related to a lot of church ministry kind of stuff and like how we, how we build a church. But it's also true in like a lot of things. He says what you win them with is what you win them to. Right. Yeah. And if your mechanism for being attractive 
I say that in air quotes, attractive to guys is the external adornment, right. physical beauty, nice dress, etc. Right. You know what you've won them with that. That's what you've won them to. And so as soon as your beauty is fleeting and fading, there may be deep concern unless well, the Lord and, intervenes, you know, and, that, and I've got, and that is such a good point because I can't tell you how many times I have like counseled someone and the guy is not really a believer. He's not leading the family. And the woman is frustrated with this. And then she'll say, well, I wasn't really walking with the Lord when mm -hmm. we got together. Mm -hmm. Like I kind of let down my standards when we got together. Right. And now she's married and she's like, okay, that was fun and stuff when we were dating and gave me a sense of identity. But I still, I am a Christian and what I know I need now is a spiritual leader. And especially what I know I need for my kids is a spiritual leader. Mm -hmm. And you kind of can't blame the guy. It's like, well, you, you it's your fault. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, this guy's like, Hey, she wasn't like this. When we were dating, you know, we right. were dating. Yeah. She was pressing the gas and saying, let's go. Yeah. And now she's wanting me to be some spiritual leader. Um, mm -hmm. And you know, I mean, hopefully that guy, you know, does come around, but again, um, you know, that's a situation where I kind of blame the gal um, and say, all right, you know, like, what, what were you doing? Um, yeah. Yeah. You were being impatient. Mm -hmm. You you weren't waiting on on the Lord. Yeah. yeah, I would go as far to say that excessive external adornment covers up internal reality. I, I think if you are going above and beyond in your external adornment, I think you're covering something up I, or I think there's a hole there. You're, you're, you're feeling something. Um, well, and another thing, if you're focused on the external adornment and not on the internal right. adornment, internal sin will grow, right? Mm -hmm. And I've got a lot of friends that have been obsessed with the external, and the external doesn't yeah, yeah. feed the good stuff in you. It feeds the bad stuff right. in you. Mm -hmm. It feeds pride. It feeds vanity. It feeds, again, again there's, there's nothing necessarily wrong to the question earlier, right. like, you know, if you want to buy a nice pair of clothes, okay, whatever. Um, but don't find your identity there. Right. And if you're buying like too many nice pairs of clothes, like you, pr you probably have, there's probably something wrong with you. Mm -hmm. You know, you're probably being wasteful. Mm -hmm. Um, and you're probably finding too much hope in those external things, or just even in the hope of getting them or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, but external adornment always, even if it's done in good faith, like, I mean, you know, I got a couple of nice suits that I've got at men's warehouse and, uh, you know, but when I, <laughs> men's warehouse well, actually, off you know, much, men's yeah. warehouse makes a good product, right? Oh yeah. I mean, people around here, I know I'm not going to hate, they're doing like their, whatever people shop at, you know, Mashburn or something, which is awesome. But like men's warehouse is quality. Look product. out. Um, you'll like the way you'll you like the way. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, anyway, but yeah, that, that, that's the, that, that's actually the point is you will like the way you look mm -hmm. and it feeds the parts of my heart that actually I want to be putting to death and not letting them grow. And so, yeah, it's yeah, a good word. As I was re reflecting on this conversation, I thought of, uh, first Samuel sixteen eight, for the Lord sees not as man sees man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. You know what? Graham, I think that's kind of the essence. Yeah. It's a great place uh, to end. Are we pursuing perishable beauty? Uh, even men's warehouse suits wear out. Um, or are we pursuing the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit um, that in God's sight is precious?
So for Blake Rogers, Graham and Tara Thompson and David Thompson, it's been the Parent Cast. I'm Jason Dees. Thanks so much for listening.